How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. Good afternoon, America. Welcome to the Inside Scoop. This is Mark Levine reporting live from the Center for American Progress in Washington, D.C. I'm very glad they allow me to use their studios, and uh, I give them advertising. And I just want to be clear that anything I say in endorsement of Hillary Rodham Clinton today, and I'm going to say a lot, is my own personal opinion. I don't always make that clear, but... um, I just want to make that very clear today. They're not paying me to say anything or to not say anything. Uh, We have have an arrangement uh, advertising for studio. So I want to talk about Hillary Clinton because the nation is finally, finally learning who the real Hillary Clinton is. Bill Clinton spoke eloquently last night, and if you didn't hear it, it's worth hearing. Just a wonderful mix, as only Bill Clinton can do, of the personal and the political, of his awe and admiration for this strong, talented, smart, loving, caring woman, and all the good she's done throughout the ages. One thing after another, after another, after another, unsung things, people that very few people know about, except in northwest Arkansas, where they now have legal aid. Or three million people in Africa who now have access to inexpensive AIDS drugs. Or her work on climate change. Yeah, people know that she advised uh, Barack Obama to go after bin Laden. But you know how much she did for first responders in New York as senator? Do you know uh, all the things she did in Arkansas teaching and encouraging kids and, and actually played a major role in making sure that disabled kids... Get access to public schools. It's a long speech. I'll be playing pieces of it. But Bill Clinton starts talking about the real Hillary Clinton. It's the woman I recognize. I've talked many times through the years about my one time. I've met Hillary Clinton four times now. But the one time that I worked with her to stop discrimination, religious discrimination, discrimination that turns out to be racial discrimination and frankly LGBT LGBT discrimination for those who think she was late on the issue we were talking in 2002 2002 14 years ago about how to keep George Bush from using federal money to go to anti-gay religious institutions that almost passed that's just my own little personal thing with Hillary it's not near up to the long list of things that Bill Clinton mentioned Helping our armed services, dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, working to improve the U.S. image abroad. 
and working at home, always on behalf of children, always on behalf of poor people. The work she did when he met her, going in and checking to see if there's discrimination, doing some of the kind of undercover work I've done on the inside scoop, pretending to be a parent at an all-white school and getting them to admit it was an all-white school and then turning them in and getting their tax exemption taken away. That's as early as the 1970s. Yeah, he put in some beautiful stories about the first house they bought and how she refused his offer to marry her, his his request, his begging to marry her three times and the birth of Chelsea and, you know, really adorable stuff that we all know moms do, that my mom did, like lining the drawers in the college dorm. Did your mom do that? My mom did, and Hillary Clinton on her hands and knees lined the drawers of Chelsea Clinton's college dorm. I actually think that's the only time my drawers have ever been lined in my life is <laughs> when my mom did that in my college room until Chelsea told them, hey, you know, time for y'all to leave. <laughs> so she's a parent. She's a good person. But what she really is is a hard worker, someone with a dream, someone who isn't a show horse, someone who's a workhorse. That's something, by the way, it's always bothered me in politics. The difference between show horses and workhorses. And you know the idea, right? They're the horses that pull pull the carts. The ones who work out and uh, get sweaty and get the job done. And then the prissy show horses who win the ribbons and have their hair combed and look pretty before the cameras. And I guess I'm not attacking the horse. It's not the horse's fault. But we know the difference. We know the people who do the political work behind the scenes when no one's looking. The citizen activists. And I got a, I got a special place in my heart for citizen activists because, look, I was one for 20 years before I was ever elected. Actually, so was Hillary Clinton. And the people who show up in front of the camera do nothing and take credit for everything else. Those are the show horses. Bill Clinton didn't use this term, but he makes clear time after time after time again. She was a workhorse, not a show horse. He talks after giving 30-minute speech about all the details that you really should watch, all the things she's done, and I've just named a few that crossed my mind. I'm sure I haven't named 10% of them. He talks about the mind field, not the mind field, but the mind field. This false narrative, this caricature that Republicans have created. He tells us we have to win the battle of the mind field. And then he goes on to describe, for example, her work on climate change. I want to play an extended part of Bill Clinton's clip, if you didn't hear it, to give you a feel from what he had to say last night. We've got to win this battle in the mind field. She put climate change at the center of our foreign policy. She negotiated the first agreement ever, ever, where China and India officially committed to reduce their emissions. And as she had been doing since she went to Beijing in 1995 and said women's rights are human rights and human rights are women's rights. She worked 
to empower women and girls around the world and to make the same exact declaration on behalf of the LGBT community in America and around the world. And, nobody ever talks about this much. Nobody ever talks about this much, but it's important to me. She tripled the number of people with AIDS in four countries whose lives are being saved with your tax dollars, most of them in Africa, going from 1.7 million lives to 5.1 million lives, and it didn't cost you any more money. She just bought available, FDA-approved, generic drugs, something we need to do for the American people more. Now, you don't know any of these people. You don't know any of those 3.4 million people, but I'll guarantee you, they know you. They know you because they see you is thinking their lives matter. They know you. And that's one reason the approval of the United States was 20 points higher when she left the Secretary of State's office than when she took it. Now, how does this square? How does this square with the things that you heard at the Republican convention. What's the difference in what I told what I told you and what they said? How do you square it? You can't. One is real, the other is made up. And you just have to decide. You just have to decide which is which, my fellow Americans. The real one had done more positive change-making before she was 30 than many public officials do in a lifetime in office. The real one, the real one, if you saw her friend Betsy Evelyn vote for Illinois today, has friends from childhood through Arkansas, where she has not lived in more than 20 years, who have gone all across America at their own expense to fight for the person they know. The real one has earned the loyalty, the respect, and the fervent support of people who have worked with her in every stage of her life, including leaders around the world who know her to be able, straightforward, and completely trustworthy. The real one calls you when you're sick, when your kid's in trouble, or when there's a death in the family. The real one repeatedly do praise from prominent Republicans when she was a senator and secretary of state. So what's up with this? Well, if you win elections on the theory that government is always bad and will mess up a two-car parade, a real change-maker represents a real threat. So, your only, your only option is to create a cartoon. A cartoon alternative. Then run against the cartoon. Cartoons are two-dimensional. They're easy to absorb. Life in the real world is complicated and real change is hard. And a lot of people even think it's boring. 
good for you because earlier today you nominated the real one. You just nominated the real one. And that's what this election is about. Will Americans believe the real Hillary Clinton or the caricature? Totally apart from the candidate that she's running against, and we'll talk about what may have been treason that occurred today later on in the next hour. By the way, I got you for three hours today. So uh, there'll be plenty of time for you to call in for us to talk. Try to figure out why Donald Trump is appealing to Vladimir Putin, the dictator of our arch enemy Russia, and and encouraging him to break U.S. law. Which does sound a lot like treason to me. We'll get to that. I've long said that the connections between Trump, the Russian mafia, the Russian dictator Putin, his campaign manager who worked for the dictator of Ukraine, who was Putin's puppet, all the money that Donald Trump gets from Russian banks that he refuses to disclose because we don't get his tax returns. I've long said this is an issue, and I think this is something we're going to need to talk about. But we're going to save that. For hour two. Let's just finish understanding who Hillary Clinton is. Because while she's not perfect, and she's not a saint, and she's not an archangel, she's pretty damn good. If you ever noticed that when it gets to the criticism of Hillary Clinton, it never gets to her policy or her biography or her work on behalf of children, or on behalf of the disabled, or on behalf of the elderly, or on behalf of farmers and businesses in New York, or on behalf of people all around the globe, women and girls and gay people, on our behalf of black people struggling to fighting personally to prevent discrimination. You never hear any talk of her on policy, on things she supports, on the hard work she did to help first responders after 9-11 when these heroes were left to die by Republicans who didn't want to get them basic health coverage or the fact that she got health coverage for children when no one else could? I mean, there's a longer, longer list. Bill Clinton gave a lot of it, and I know he didn't give all of it because I worked on with her on one of them. That's never mentioned. What do you hear when you hear about Hillary Clinton? You hear emails in Benghazi. Now, Benghazi, she's been totally exonerated by her toughest enemies, the people who hate her, the people who want her to be destroyed, the people who see that she is the greatest threat to the kind of corporatocracy that they want to impose on America. They couldn't find anything. There was no there there. She did nothing wrong in Benghazi. Just like, let's face it, Ronald Reagan did nothing wrong when our Marines were killed in Lebanon. Bill Clinton did nothing wrong when our people were killed in the embassy bombings that occurred under his watch. And, well, can't say quite the same for George W. Bush in Iraq, but there were, or frankly, on 9-11. How come we never talk about that? We never talk about George W. Bush's fault on 9-11. I'm running out of time in this break. i got to take a break. I want to encourage you to call in. We'll be talking more about Hillary Clinton. 888-488-MARK, 888-488-6275. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. We'll be right back after this. He's a Bible-quoting, Constitution-loving, flag-waving, red-blooded, liberal American. 
He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. And now, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world, Mark Levine. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. I'm playing more from Bill Clinton's uh, really beautiful speech last night in in honor uh, and really telling us about his wife, Hillary Clinton. Let me get to just a little bit more. Take a couple minutes and then take one more break. I have lived a long, full, blessed life. It really took off when I met and fell in love with that girl in the spring of 1971. When I was president, I worked hard to give you more peace and shared prosperity, to give you an America where nobody is invisible or counted out. But for this time, Hillary, is uniquely qualified to seize the opportunities and reduce the risk we face. And she is still the best darn change maker I have ever known. You, you could drop her. You could drop her into any trouble spot. Pick one. Come back in a month. And somehow, some way, she will have made it better. That is just who she is. There are clear, achievable, affordable responses to our challenges. But we won't get to them if America makes the wrong choice in this election. We have to make the right choice. I got to take, oh wait, we got a little more time. Sorry, play some more. That's why you should elect her. And you should elect her because she'll never quit when the going gets tough. She'll never quit on you. She sent me in this primary to West Virginia where she knew we were going to lose to look those coal miners in the eye and say, I'm down here because Hillary sent me to tell you that if you really think you can get the economy back you had 50 years ago, have at it, go forever you want to. But if she wins, she is coming back for you to take you along on the ride to America's future. And so I say to you... And isn't that the difference between Hillary Clinton and the Republicans? The coal miners probably won't vote for Hillary, but she will come back for them because they're Americans and they deserve decent jobs, decent wages, and decent lives. Could you say the same about Donald Trump and anybody else? We'll be right back. After this. Back to the aggressive progressive, Mark Levine. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. I hope you have been as inspired as I've been by the Democratic National Convention. And I hope if you don't know Hillary Clinton, you're willing to find out the truth about her. I have to admit, I've been shocked, surprised. I know the vitriol that Trump and Republicans are capable of. I've seen it. I saw it against Bill Clinton. I've seen it against Barack Obama. But 
when I go on Facebook, and by the way, you're all welcome to go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Mark Levine Talk. I got a bunch of them, facebook.com slash Mark for Delegate. Heck, you can even be my personal friend. When you go on my Facebook page and you read the horrific things they say about Hillary Clinton, and you know that the person saying these things has no earthly idea what they're talking about. They're just feeding some kind of flim-flam they got from a conservative news source that's trying to spin this because there's no one that's a greater threat to Vladimir Putin or the corporations that want to keep your medical care expensive or to the oil barons who are helping cause climate change or, well, the powers that be that run these big corporations. Then Hillary Clinton. And they're afraid of her. And they know that if they put out, and the Koch brothers spend God knows how much money putting out lies about her, that some people, well-meaning people, will believe it. Look to what Bill Clinton tells you. Okay, Hillary Clinton probably got less votes among uneducated white male coal miners than any other population. We know she does worse among uneducated, older white men. Not the educated ones. It's interesting. The big difference between her and Obama is that she's actually winning more of the college-educated vote, losing more than educated vote. More, She's winning more women than Obama, fewer men. She's winning fewer white people and fewer older people. So old, white, angry, uneducated men, that's where Hillary Clinton's got problems. And in rural areas, even bigger problems. And the worst of all would be rural people working in an industry like coal mining that used to be profitable for the workers. Now the coal companies just bomb the mountains, fire all the workers, and somehow they blame Hillary, even as they rain pollution down in the rivers, which is an environmental problem. So what Bill Clinton said is, you know what? You don't vote for her, but she'll still look out for you. She'll still go back to coal country. Still, She'll still work because those jobs aren't coming back. She'll work to help train them for new jobs, for 21st century jobs. You know, we don't have many jobs anymore as a blacksmith. You know the people that created horseshoes for horses? They used to have a really big business before the auto car. After all, Horses were the primary mode of transportation, and they had to have horseshoes, and the black, the village blacksmith created them. Heck, booksellers, it's very hard today, and with today's technology, to run a bookstore anymore. There's all kinds of jobs that are becoming obsolete, and the solution is not go around and blame everybody. The solution is to help retrain people for 21st century jobs rather than 19th century jobs. So Hillary Clinton will go back and help the coal miners who didn't vote for her. But would Donald Trump help Muslim Americans? Would he help Mexican Americans? Would he help new immigrants? Would he help all the people who he tars and attacks mercilessly? All the people he's encouraging Americans to be prejudiced against? This is the vision of two Americas, the vision of a white, straight, male, evangelical, uneducated populace 
that is still mistreated by the corporate powers that be, but at least feels they're in control? Or a diverse America of people from all over the globe coming here with their best ideas, making us into a 21st nation where we're all looking out for each other? You want to know the basic difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton said it takes a village to raise a child. All of us working together to make that child's life better off. And Donald Trump said, I alone can fix this problem. Hillary's about us all working together and using her inspiration, her brilliant knowledge to solve problems. And Donald Trump is about making himself look great. Putting his name everywhere. Hillary Clinton is ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Ask how we human beings can help each other to love thy neighbor as thyself, the golden rule. What religion is supposed to be about, and obviously Hillary Clinton is a religious person. That's her training. She's Methodist. She believes in giving back. And any good Christian recognizes that, as do good Jews, good Muslims, frankly, good atheists recognize her that she gives back while Donald Trump only looks out for himself, even to the point of stealing money from poor and middle-class people just to pad his own pockets when he doesn't even need the cash. Listen to Bill Clinton talk about the difference in America's. If you love this country, you're working hard, you're paying taxes, and you're obeying the law, and you'd like to become a citizen, you should choose immigration reform over somebody who wants to send you back. If you're, if you're a Muslim, if you're a Muslim and you love America and freedom and you hate terror, stay here and help us win and make a future together. We want you. If you're a young African-American disillusioned and afraid, we saw in Dallas how great our police officers can be. Help us build a future where nobody's afraid to walk outside, including the people that wear blue to protect our future. will make us stronger together. You know it because she spent a lifetime doing it. I hope you'll do it. I hope you'll elect her. Those of us who have more yesterdays than tomorrow tend to care more about our children and grandchildren. The reason you should elect her is that in the greatest country on earth, we have always been about tomorrow. Your children and grandchildren will bless you forever if you do. God bless you. Thank you. So that was Bill Clinton. That's how he concluded his speech. And, of course, his theme song was Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. All Trump can do is tell us how America's terrible. But 
Bill and Hillary, they have worked their entire lives to make America better. While Donald Trump was just making himself rich. 888-48-MARK, 888-48-6275. George from Texas on line four has been hanging on for a while. Hey, George, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Mark? Thanks for taking my call. That's, uh, that's why I was going to say that uh, the Republicans love the uneducated. You know, we keep voting against our own interests. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the road we're going down. Uh, I wanted to make a comment about uh, maybe Trump. And I haven't heard this before, but I feel like he's selling the uh, the presidency. He's, he's uh, you know, it's like the art of the deal. I know he didn't write the art of the deal, but I feel like he's, you know, he's setting up the presidency, giving it to the Republicans, you know, like, hey, I'm going to sell you this. Presidency. George, I think he ran for president initially to make money. I don't think he dreamed in a million years that anyone would vote for him. I mean, he's such a con artist, but he, listen, he did what Herman Cain has done, what Mike Huckabee has done, tried to, pr- ran for president, and then tried to profit from it through books, through TV shows. Uh, uh, I, I forget what, what uh, Herman Cain was selling, I think, things for erectile dysfunction. I mean, it's, 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 he's, that's what he does. That's what he's done his whole life is use his name to get out there, sell vodka, sell shirts, sell ties, all made in China and Bangladesh, you know, not made in America or anything like that. But but that's what Trump University, what was Trump University? And not enough discussion has been made about this. What was Trump University? Trump University was a way to sell for $34,000 a bunch of clips that you can get for free on YouTube. He didn't get real real estate experts to talk to these people. He basically got clips on YouTube and played them. I could do that for free. And yeah, but, were paid him tens but, but of thousands also, of dollars. Go ahead. But you, but, but, you don't get, but you don't get the cardboard cutout to get a picture with though, on the Internet. Um, well, you can manufacture <laughs> those really easily with, with you know uh, Snapchat, I think, these days. I mean, look, that's why he's being sued. And ironically, the same judge that he gave the racist comment about, the same judge who he said because the judge who was born in Indiana had, you know, ancestry from Mexico, the judge couldn't be fair to him. The same judge said recently that he's going to wait until after the election to have the trial. Now, I actually think that's a mistake. I think that he should we should know now what this guy stands for. And it's amazing to me that this judge who Donald Trump had caught so unfair, and I hope the judge changes his mind. I want to double check to make sure it's true because someone told me this. So I want to make sure it's true. But we, I, these things should come out. We should know about them. We should know what's on his taxes. We should, there's this allegation right. that he raped a 13-year-old that, for example, that he's been sued for. That may also be put off until after the election. I think the American people have a right to know. He has 3,500 lawsuits. Now, I've been involved in... 3,500! I'm trying to think of the number of lawsuits I've been involved in, and I'm a lawyer, okay? Um, I don't know, two or three in my life? I'm not sure. Maybe if you're really litigious, you have 10. Maybe you got a business. I don't know. You get sued a lot. Maybe you have 20. But 100 lawsuits is incredible. 300 lawsuits is, is extreme. And 3,500 lawsuits... It, uh, how do you have 3,500 lawsuits? If this guy has been in the public scene for 35 years, he's got 100 lawsuits a year. 
Every three days, someone has to sue him. And the reason why is because he refuses to pay people. He's like the guy that goes in the restaurant, eats a big meal, and then leaves. He will go and he will order all these parts for his hotels. He will get contractors and subcontractors. They'll build beautiful hotels, the Trump Taj Mahal and all the others, and then he won't pay them. There's a fantastic USA Today article that describes exactly what he does. They will do all the work, and then he refuses to pay them, and then they sue him to get payment. And then he says, well, you know what? I'll settle the lawsuit, and I'll pay you 40 cents on the dollar. And they recognize our system that it's too expensive to keep suing. Go ahead. Well, that's what the guy that wrote the the Art of the Deal, the the, the ghostwriter, uh, said the same thing. He he did. Uh, he, he builds the course up with lies, and then you have to go and try to defend yourself. That's exactly and right. by the time you, you know, yeah. So, now, Tony yeah. Schwartz has been, has been very impressive uh, because, of course, he's going to be sued as well. But he's the one who wrote The Art of the Deal. I mean, Donald Trump is the classic flim-flam man, right? Um, you know, uh, P.T. Barnum, circus fame, said there's a sucker born a minute. And Donald Trump really took that to heart. And he's taken every sucker... And taken every bit of their money, and now that he has all their money, he wants to become president so he can take more. I don't think, and if you listen to Donald Trump closely, you'll hear that he says that never in a million years did he ever think he'd win the Republican nomination. Never did he think that the Republicans would be idiotic enough to elect him as president. His goal was to get 3%, 5%. That would increase business at his hotels. That would get more people to buy Trump vodka or to enroll in Trump University and to give him money. His goal was to make money. He ran for president to make money. 20% of all campaign donations go into Donald Trump's pocket. That's unheard of. Yeah. For, One-fifth. Yeah, he just pockets it in his company. That's right. Yeah. That's right. His planes, his hotels, his clubs. So he did this to get rich. He doesn't want to be president. He's even talked, you know, he asked John Kasich to be the real president. He would be the the vice president, and he would handle domestic and foreign policy, and Donald Trump would handle making America great again. That's what Donald Trump Jr. told John Kasich's people. That went after uh, trying to get Kasich. He's talking about the fact that if he won, he might resign. I mean, what's that about? He just wants to win. He wants to be president so he can hear hail to the chief. I mean, I'd sure he'd love to be king. He'd get to wear a robe and a crown and carry a scepter around. But actually doing policy? I have challenged Republicans again and again to name one thing that Donald Trump will do when he becomes president. And all they can say is build a wall. That's it. What else? What's his tax plan? What's his education plan? What's his environmental plan? Which side is he on on abortions? Because he wants to put women in jail for having abortions. Um, but then he, he says nice things about Planned Parenthood that he then retracts. You know, what's his position on, on, on um, racial bias against, against blacks by the police? What's his position on ISIS? He's going to get rid of ISIS? How, Donald? You said you don't want nation building. You say you don't want troops. Do you just magically snap your fingers and they go away? What will you do as president? I know you're going to abandon our allies. Vladimir Putin loves this. I understand that. But, but what are you actually going to do? No answer. Well, wasn't it, wasn't it uh, President Obama who just said that that was kind of the, I don't know exactly how he put it, because I didn't hear the whole uh, interview, but he said something along the lines that the scary thing about Donald Trump is that he wants, he doesn't want, he doesn't know, and he really doesn't want to learn. He has no idea what you he's know? going and, to do. You know what Donald Trump's vision of the presidency is? He's going to wing it. 
He's going to wing it. Oh, I'll, I'll figure out what I'm going to do as president once I'm president. Put me in charge of the free world. Give me the nuclear button. And you know what? If somebody pisses me off, I'll just nuke them. Maybe if they live in Miami, I'll nuke Miami. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I don't it's know. It's going to be huge. I don't know what he's going to do because Donald Trump doesn't know what he's going to do. And that is scaring so many people that establishment Republicans. I mean, it, it, there, there are Republican intellectuals in the world. People like George Will, people like Brett Stevens, the Wall Street Journal, people like, and I didn't like him, I didn't vote for him, but even Mitt Romney understands that Donald Trump would be a danger, a danger to the future of America. Uh, so when even they're jumping ship, only people that are left, I'm sorry, are dumb, old, angry white people. They're the only one. Not, and, 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 I'm, and I, I, I'm not attacking white people because uh, educated white people don't want anything to do with Donald Trump. But but there's if you're a racist if you're if you're a David Duke supporter yeah that's that Donald Trump's your guy what can I say George I gotta take a break you're welcome to, you're welcome to, yeah you welcome to stay on with me you've got a little bit more to say I gotta take a break but uh, I'll let you talk a little more when we come back eight 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 four eight eight Mark eight 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 four eight eight six two seven five right back he's a Harvard economist and a Yale lawyer. He does not keep up with the Kardashians. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. Been really inspired by the Democratic National Convention. I will get to more of your calls in the next hour at 888-488-MARK, 888-488-6275. I do want to leave, though, by playing Michelle Obama, who still, I think, was the best speaker at the Democratic National Convention. I just want to leave this hour with her inspiring words. I'm with her. Looks like we're having technical problems. Tell you what, we'll play that. We'll play Leaders that. Like at, Hillary Clinton, oh, there we are. Who has okay. the guts and the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling? That's what I want. Someone who understands that the issues a president faces are not black and white and cannot be boiled down to 140 characters. When someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is. When they go low, we go high. I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. And and, and I watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women, playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And because of Hillary Clinton, my daughters, and all our sons and daughters now take for granted that a woman can be president of the United States. That's just such beautiful imagery. That in the White House built by slaves, two young black women can take for granted that a woman can run for president. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Hillary Clinton. Thank you for listening in. 888-488-MARK. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> 